All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Simply Technical Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, one of your hosts, Evan Lockhart, and this is my co-host, Keaton Miner. He's the short one on the edge of the screen. What's up? And then we got Matt Peacock. Hey. And Miko Factor. Two, <laughs> two local experts on... We're going to talk about OU football, so... There are two local experts, quote-unquote experts... I would say uh, obsessed, obsessive fan. You could say that. I'm going to call them experts because they're way out of my league on this topic of OU football, mainly because college football isn't my forte. I played football, but that doesn't mean anything. So, good. I was just going to say, I um, I played football fourth grade. I think I really got into you know watching OU football. Honestly, I started sitting down probably – eighth grade um i watched adrian peterson some i think the first game i remember watching was the 2007 game against colorado where they beat us on a last second field goal uh next season was you know the the record setting offense with, with sam bradford but yeah it's i mean it's pretty much an obsession for me it kind of it really just dictates my mood for multiple months in a row just how OU's doing i'm sure matt's the same way yeah, I really have no reason to be super interested in it other than the fact that one of my earliest memories is sitting around watching the national championship game in 2000. Unlike uh, Mika, I've been a lifelong fan. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that game. My dad made me go to bed. It's his fault. Well, if you didn't go to bed, you'd probably have been grounded. So that's what happened with me. That's why he's an OSU fan. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, – what about recruiting this offseason? I've seen a lot of Lincoln Riley tweets with the eye emojis, so let's talk about this recruiting class. I love the eye emoji. It just it, it gets me it gets me pretty pumped up. Yeah, I mean, this is a historical class. We signed uh, a five-star quarterback named Spencer Rattler. He was the number one quarterback, I believe, on both Rivals and 24-7. And then they also, some of the big king components, at least on the offensive side of the ball, it's a historical feat signing three five-star wide receivers. And a lot of the buzz around the campus right now is that the lowest rated out of those three guys is going to be the one most likely to have a big impact at first just because there's he runs more of a slot receiver and the other two guys are outside receivers. Well, you know, we all saw how CeeDee Lamb has done the past couple of years, so he's got that spot locked down at least this no next year. No one's taking it. But I know defense has been a big issue on that side of the ball. There's a few guys coming in. Uh, two guys in particular I really like. One is Jeremiah Critterdale. He's out of Modern Day High School in California, which for those of you who don't follow recruiting, Modern Day is one of the best of the best high school football teams in the country. Another guy we got coming in is named Woody Washington. Both these, He's out of Tennessee, number one player in the state there. Both those guys are defensive backs. Woody Washington's more of a cornerback, and Jeremiah Critterdale's more of a safety. But from everything I've read and followed, I expect both those guys to come in and have a pretty big impact pretty quick. Only thing I'm worried about is um, with this new system. Have they announced yet what kind of defense they're going to try to run? Like a three-four, a four-three. You know, uh, I mean three-three-five. Have they said anything about that? Because I know last year, you know, there's so much excitement for Buki coming in, and then I feel like you know they they didn't they didn't maximize how good he could have been. Um, I mean, have we have we heard much about what they're expecting to do with these guys? Yeah, it's a three-four base. Um... The base is pretty similar to last year. One of the main differences is the off or defensive linemen last year in Mike Stoops' defense were designed to basically just hold the line and let the linebackers shoot the gap to try and blitz whenever they do call blitz. And in the Big 12, you just can't do that. I mean, the quarterbacks get the ball out of their hands in three seconds and their running backs who run a 4-4 20 yards downfield already so this defense is more designed to get the defensive linemen in place i think you see a lot of defensive linemen come out and be special this year um it's a lot more aggressive they're really really emphasizing turnovers i mean i think i read ou's had 16 turnovers in the past three years it's one of the lowest in the entire country and so i think it's gonna be a huge point of emphasis because i saw a quote from the def new defensive coordinator he was saying that you know, what's the point of being out there? He's like, I don't want to be out there. I want to get the ball back to the offense. So if we can be out there for as little time as possible, that's how we're going to win the game. Yeah, I mean, at this point, OU defense has to get aggressive. It has to, to do something. 
you know, the last year statistically they were the worst defense in college football, like just across the board. Which considering we got to, you know, the college football playoffs, we were, you know, just just the first quarter away from making it to the national championship. Year before that, I don't have to say it, you know, that triple or the double overtime loss to Georgia. It's just so many so many wasted years due to a bad defense. It's time, you know, for the the de- we don't even have to have a good defense. If we can have an if we can go from like 130th to like 80th out of 130, we might be national champions. We just we got to get something going because right now there's just, there's nothing going. Keaton, what are you most excited for in the year? I mean, I don't know quite as much as these guys do about OU football, but I do. I am a pretty big fan. I'd say I'm I'm most excited to like you guys said to see the new defense. Uh, there's not really you can't get worse than we were last year, <laughs> and I mean you can only go up. So like Miko said that last year and the year before were the two greatest offenses. Besides, were they better than 2008s? The 2008 yeah. statistically, besides, they're more efficient. Yeah. So the two best offensive offenses that have ever been in college football just completely wasted by a bad defense and. That I mean, that sucks to watch as a fan. So, as a previous football player, the three-four defense is that—that's correct. That that's what you said they were going to run. So, the main job for at least the defensive tackle on that is to get double teamed. So, you want your big bodies taking up as much space as possible, causing as much mayhem on that front line. So they might not get a ton of quote-unquote sacks or tackles, but you know that they're going to be putting in the work to free up those linebackers, you know, not necessarily hold the line for the linebackers, but, I mean, your gap assignments on a 3-4 is so important. Mm-hmm. And one of your linebackers is going to be shooting, the, shooting, you know, sack almost every time unless you're playing super conservative. And it sounds like from the coach's standpoint, that's not what they're going for. No, not at all. And uh, Alex Grinch, Last time he's a defense coordinator two or three years ago at Washington State, he made them one of the better defenses in the country. And I mean, that's well, half the talent that OU has. And that was within two years. Like he he turned it around immediately at a mediocre program. Like, I mean, I think expectations. I'm trying to temper my expectations for this season, which is hard. I always try to temper my expectations. It never works. But I mean, Alex Grinch. He's saying all the right things. He has he has the team excited, you know. They're just this is a different mentality. Um, yeah, I mean he has a he has a cool last name. It's gonna be easy to make a bunch of memes, you know, shoot off a bunch of gifts during football season of him, uh, of of the Grinch. And I think, I mean, I, I said my expectations are tempered. I'm excited. I think the defense is gonna come out and set a tone pretty quickly. I think that um, I mean, looking the schedule, which we're gonna go over later. Looking the schedule. I really think that we have a we have a, a good opportunity to to run the table. You know, we're not gonna be challenged by too many teams and it's just it's all about tuning up the defense, getting the defense ready to play, you know, important postseason game, you know, take try to take our opportunity. Um yeah, I think I think Alex Grinch was I didn't know who he was till we got him, but then looking back I think he's gonna make really good use of our linebackers who are um, I think better than they get credit for. So it sounds like his history proves that that he's a good coach and that he was one of the right picks for OU, if I'm you know not mistaken, from what I'm getting from you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think his history of taking a underperforming defense and turning into a formidable defense is a big reason why Lincoln Riley probably went after him so hard. Okay. Um, so now we talked about the defense. What do you expect from the offense? Um, what kind of sign- signings were – you said there was a quarterback? Yeah, they had Spencer Rattler, the five-star quarterback. They had three five-star offensive linemen or three five-star receivers. I apologize, and then offensive linemen. I mean, they just keep bringing in you know three hundred-pound monsters every single year. They just keep replacing three hundred pounds with more three hundred pounds. And I mean, we don't we don't want to bury the lead. You know, all OU fans know that another guy we brought in from the offseason, Jalen Hurts, he's gonna come in. I'll be. I mean, he's he's going to start. They're gonna say it's gonna be it's a quarterback battle all the way up until you know the first snap. But Jalen Hurts is gonna come in. He's a professional. He knows how to play. He knows how to prepare. Um, I don't think he's gonna be slinging the ball downfield nearly as much as uh, as Kyler and Baker. 
but I think he's not going to make mistakes. And with with the the line, you know, with the proven success of our offensive line coach with our running backs, I think he's going to have every opportunity to come in and just just set the Big 12 on fire from day 1. I think that um now there's there's no reason where he's that he's not going to get Heisman looks. I think the thing that's going to stop him from getting Heisman looks is Kenneth Murray and uh, Sermon, our running backs, are going to just be putting up crazy numbers too. I mean, don't forget, though, he also has the best receiver core in the nation this year. Yeah. I think C.D. Lamb is far and away the best receiver. In the yeah, country. he'll be a first-round draft pick for yeah. sure. The thing is crazy, he's just he's just not respected by like, the national media. Like No one talks about him. No one brings up. Like, I don't know why. He is, the, I, he is like... The, just the coolest dude. Every time he makes a catch, he's just got like so much swag. He's just he'll just be completely chill after making just the craziest snag. I I love that about him. I, he's I mean I don't want to. Odell Beckham Jr. is is great. He's he has that same energy, that yeah. same vibe. Yeah. Like that. he's just like he's cool. He's gonna go out there and just and just dominate. And and I really do think that um I mean I think he's gonna he's gonna be setting some records. He's gonna make himself a lot of money. And I, but he also seemed like the kind of dude who's going to be teaching the other wide receivers, the young guns, how to come up in the system, how to produce, and and he's going to be setting it up, you know, for for a long time to come. Yeah, I mean, what a better guy to have our five star quarterback incoming learn from. Just one of the most respected quarterbacks in all of college football. I mean, the Paul Feinbaum show. People have called in saying they hope that he wins the Heisman. These people from SEC territory chewing on a. Or uh, cheering on a OU guy. Who would have thought that would ever happen? It's it's the one time it's going to happen. So, so with Jalen Hurts, I mean, he seems like that stereotypical SEC quarterback where he's not going to sling it. Like, you know, OU quarterbacks, you said, Miko, that, you know, OU quarterbacks are known for slinging it, you know, taking the deep ball, deep ball threat. Yeah. But Jalen Hurts, I don't think, fits that profile. So, because, you know, Alabama, they do more running, you know, ground. Mm-hmm. And then, ground and pound. Yeah, and then they do short yardage plays for the most part. So what kind of offensive changes for the system is going to have to take place? And that's for both of you. Yeah, I think this is where the receiving core really plays into his game because, you know, the past few years they had D.D. Westbrook, they had Marquise Brown, guys that, I mean, they got one step on the cornerback and they're gone downfield. Whereas now you've got, you know, these three five-star receivers, they're all kind of bigger guys. Trajan Bridges, he's slot receiver inside, kind of shifty, but he's not going to burn you downfield. So I think having that and then having CeeDee Lamb, who you just throw it in his area, he's going to go get it. I think we'll see a lot more of, you know, 15, 20-yard range passes and probably a little bit more use of the fullback this year, too, with a guy named Braden Willis. So it'd be kind of more reminiscent, I feel like, of – Baker's first couple of years where he wasn't really slinging it, you know, downfield to Marquise Brown or anything like that. It'll be a lot more, probably a lot more ball control versus big plays. And I just did the math. Um, over Jalen Hurts, his three years at Alabama, he averaged about 17 passes a game, pass attempts per game. And I mean, that's. Does that include last yeah, year, that, though? Yeah, we're mm-hmm. yeah, that's that, a that that yeah. I mean, that's that's just all you know. All passes over you know X number of games. Um, I mean, he's he's never he's he, he hasn't had the chance. He hasn't been in a prolific system. He hasn't had the chance. I don't think he's ever just shown that he can he can throw the the deep ball. But like I said, he he doesn't make those mistakes. Uh, I think that I mean play action is going to be deadly. I think that every there's. The offense is so athletic. I think what's going to come down to is how quickly can the new offensive line after we lost, what, three draft picks, four draft picks off that line? Yeah. You know, returning only one starter. I think, you know, it's how quickly can they mesh? How quickly can they give Jalen Hurts that time? Because, I mean, he's going to he's he's gonna just, you know, uh, make, make any Big 12 defense pay. And I think he, he has the work ethic. He has the knowledge to really, if we see Alabama again in the postseason, if we see a Clemson, if we see a team like that, he's going to come in and he's going to be ready to play just like um, just like Baker was. Yeah, it'll be a different approach a lot also from the run game standpoint mm-hmm. with the quarterback. I mean, Jalen Hurts is 6'2", 220, or 6'2", yeah, 6'2", 220, whereas, you know, Kyler was, what, 5'11", 
five, 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 five yeah, buck seventy, if that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess when you ask about the kind of the offense comparison, it may look a lot like Texas did last year, where you know you got third and two, you might as well just get your fullbacks out in front, get your running backs who are used to blocking, and just let Jalen Hurts just charge downfield. I would. I mean, I don't think it's gonna happen. You know, we haven't seen this in the offense ever, but. You know, just get a little bit of option football. You know, read option, speed option. Um, I don't know if we have the athletic full ti- fullback type to do a, a triple option. Oh yeah, they've but. they've got guys. Braden Willis is a guy he they found in their last recruiting class. It was just kind of a guy who a week before signing day had a coach call him up. He played super small ball in Texas, and they watched his film. They're like, "How does this guy not have offers from all across the country?" He mainly played special teams last year. He played a little bit, but he's Supposed to be pretty special, kind of like another Dimitri Flowers type. Mm-hmm. I mean, OU has has a history of you know going out and finding those 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 fullbacks who can make those plays. And um, I don't know. I think I think the offense Lincoln Riley's a genius. He's gonna have to get creative with all the pieces he has. But I mean, he's he's a six million dollar man. Everybody has confidence. He's gonna go out and do it. It just keeps coming back to can the defense, you know hold teams under 40 points a game this season can the defense force more more than one turnover a game you know can they stop the run that's just, that's what the questions keep coming back to and i I'll, I'll believe it when i see it you know i'm getting i'm getting pumped up but i just don't know if the defense is going to be able to to do that okay so let's move on to the issues that were going on last year. I know we've, we've touched on them a little bit, but the end of the season last year, what were your main concerns coming into this, you know, off season? We're talking after the- Fire Mike Stoops. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was the main yeah. goal of the entire off season for the last four years. It should have been. Yeah. So what about quarterback? I mean, at the end of the year, we, you know, you expected Calvin Murray to go in the NFL, I mean, or baseball. So you expect, Jalen Hurts to meet those expectations of Kyler Murray or similar. I don't, I think he's, I mean, he's not going to be the same dynamic player, but I think he's going to be the same or a close efficient type player. Um, you know, he's, he's never going to be the guy who makes somebody miss and then runs 70 yards downfield untouched. But I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be a solid leader. You know, like, like I've, I've said a, a couple times, I think that he's going to come in and do well. Um, and yeah, I think he's, um, he's, he's going to be, you know, basically a rental, but maybe he's a rental. Yeah, exactly. Maybe another Heisman, maybe another, you know, Davey O'Brien winner. I think he'll be a better pure quarterback than Kyler Murray was. He doesn't have the speed, but from what I've seen, that dude is efficient and he is a great leader. Obviously he's shown that. So I think overall he's going to be a better better quarterback than Kyler was I mean he was what arguably the best backup quarterback in in national or I mean in the football yeah so, yeah I was SEC offensive player of the year two years ago so and then he backed up what's his Tua is yeah. his name yeah and he's not your stereotypical uh SEC uh quarterback so yeah. I I really hope that we play Alabama again I would oh, love to be, see Tua versus Jalen <laughs> You know, you know the committee though is if OU's on the cusp, they're gonna put OU in the playoffs. Oh yeah, so they can have that game. What's well, the benefit of OU just being a brand name in college football? If yeah. they're if they're borderline. They carry a lot of weight with their yeah, name. That is true. When I mean, we saw that the first year with TCU and Baylor both getting left out yeah. for Ohio State. I mean, granted, Ohio State went on to win it, but Man, yeah, if you got that brand was... name on the side of your helmet, you're gonna get a look at any yeah. day. And that's, I mean, that's you know, perk of being a blue blood, perk of being a consistently elite program since the 50s um i saw somebody posing the question a couple weeks ago they're asking you know is clemson you know is clemson a blue blood team now and it kind of just kind of ticked me off just because they're not you know this is the last five years have been great for clemson but it's their first like success ever um and that's uh, you know ou hasn't been as successful the last five years clearly but you know, I mean, they've got four straight Big 12 championships. Yeah. You can't say they're not, haven't been successful. No, no, no. They haven't. I mean, they're spoiled. They have, we oh, have yeah. Big 12. We just, we need that national championship. That's what Clemson has on us. Um, 
Yeah, you, you don't become a blue blood after five years no. of success. I mean, if that was the case, people would call him Baylor blue blood yeah, before all the <laughs> stuff happened. Give it another thirty years, you know, we'll come back and address it. Um, but there, I mean, really, you know, we talked about it earlier, but Clemson is, I mean, the only team that, I mean, the only good team in the ACC this year. You know, we talked about how we would rank the different conferences. I mean. Clemson's going to feast, you know, they're going to go, they should go undefeated, they should go untouched in the ACC, um, they may not, you know, they may not face a, a true a true test until December. I believe they have, a, I think they have Texas A&M at home. Oh man. Look it up. Uh, Clemson's going to make me cheer for Clemson then, shoot. I know, All right. Yeah, they got Texas A&M at home, second week of the season. That'll be, that'll be a good game, I hope they win by about 50. Um, Georgia Tech. That mm. I, I remember. Georgia Tech used to be a trap game. I don't think they are as much. They don't have the same, you know, the same skill, the same talent they used to have. Well, they got a new coach, so they're not running the option anymore. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, we we saw that. We just pulled it up. We saw Clemson playing Georgia Tech first game of the season. Um, yeah, that that option game. It's just it's fun. You know, it's just it's just fun to watch. It's different. Oh, you almost couldn't stop it last year against Army, unfortunately. Um, but you know, Mike Stoops is gone. It's a new day. Uh, Got to be, you know, just cautiously optimistic. So, who in college football poses the biggest threat to OU if they were to face in the playoff? Are we talking? Oh, in the play? So not not in the Big Twelve, but just overall. Overall. I mean, I think it's obviously Alabama and Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, you could probably throw Georgia in that mix just because Georgia, they have the defensive line, they have the offensive line <laughs> to kind of control the game how they want to, and they have the quarterback. They have Jake Fromm. But outside of those three teams, I would bet money on OU over anybody. I'd probably bet money on OU on, over Georgia, but not Clemson or Bama. They're just on a different level. Although the one thing with Clemson, they did lose four guys for, on the defensive side of the ball to the draft, so that's kind of. I mean, you're in, they're throwing you know more five stars yeah. in there, but you know freshmen sometimes suck. Yeah, there's a difference between a you know freshman and a guy who's played there three years. But I was trying to think the same thing, you know, just real quick. Nobody in the Pac-12 is going to really pose a threat. No, I mean maybe Ohio State, but you know losing Urban Meyer, that's that's big. Um. Well, they got a new quarterback too. Yeah, but he's—I mean—he's supposed to be he, one of the he, next he, big he was things. A but, yeah. Um, but maybe Ohio State. Outside of that, I think it's—it's it's, yeah. It comes down to Clemson. Comes down to Alabama. Um, I people are gonna be hyping up Texas. Gonna be talking about oh, is Texas back again? <coughs> no. Uh, you, we got, I got some words for that. We can talk about Texas later <laughs> when we go over schedules. Yeah, that I mean. It it'd be good, you know, to get a rematch of of last year's um, the Red River Shootout. You know, I know that we got to play him again in the Big Twelve Championship, but there's something about winning the Cotton Bowl. You know, getting the golden the golden cowboy hat, getting to celebrate with that. Um, you know, I think OU is going to be really just on on their grind next year, and they're not going to mess up. They're not going to let themselves get in a big hole. But yeah, we can we can we can talk about that later because I think we can talk about Texas uh, for for a long time. So you're trying to be as unbiased as possible, but what are your four teams that are in the college football playoff? I think you have to start with Clemson. I think that's kind yeah. of a foregone conclusion. I mean, is that your number one or yeah, okay, number, number one. one. Okay. Um, gosh, I feel like you have to throw Bama in there. Uh, but man, I really like that Georgia team. They've got a receiver that's projected to go first round in there, so they have some offensive talent. They got the defense. I don't know what Georgia's schedule looks like. Um, I, I don't. L- I think yeah. LSU is going to be better. Um, you know, they lost a few. I think they lost four games by less than a touchdown last year. I think yeah. LSU is going to be looking good with Coach O. Um, I this think- could be an early big matchup, but Georgia and Notre Dame play each other. Notre Dame goes to Georgia. Ooh. Um, it's the second of the home home and home series they had. Georgia went up to Notre Dame a couple of years ago, but man, I think if Georgia can run the table, they uh, I might put them in over Bama. So we'll go with we'll go with Clemson, Georgia, 
I'm going to say Michigan and OU. So OU is your fourth? Yeah, I put OU in as my fourth. Because I think, I mean, there's just not a huge threat in the Big 12 to knock them off. Their biggest task is probably going to be Houston. Yeah, I think um, the same. You know, it's it's an easy pick, but it's, you know, Clemson. Like you said, they're bringing back, <clears throat> bringing back a quarterback. Dabo Swinney, great coach. Um, Alabama, Nick Saban, sold a soul to the devil a long time. Can we say that or we can get sued? Uh, I don't think so, but we'll go ahead. Allegedly <laughs> sold his soul to the devil. Um, then I think after that, I mean, maybe Ohio State, maybe Michigan. I think probably whoever wins that game um, in November probably come out of there. I don't think Notre Dame, even if they go undefeated this year, everybody remembers just the drubbing that they took um, against Clemson. I don't think that they get another nod for at least a couple years. Um, so I think, I think OU, if OU goes undefeated, I think their, their ceiling is the third seed. Um, and then that fourth, it's, I think, you know, Pac-12 is going to miss out again, but I would say Clemson or yeah, Clemson, Alabama, OU, and then, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with LSU. I think they're going to, I think they're going to surprise some folks. Um, I think that I don't think they beat Alabama, but I think that they have a chance to uh, to run it against everybody else. And um, you know, if they do, especially if it's one of those brutal, you know, we're we're bringing up the LSU schedule. They played Texas this year, and that'll be good. Uh, I'm also going to change mine, drop Michigan and uh, throw Bama in there. Michigan plays Army. They play at Penn State. They have Ohio State. They've got Michigan State, who's up and coming again. Like, I mean. Army won 11 games last year, and they took it too. I forget who they played in the bowl game. They whooped them. So I would definitely not – I don't know. I just don't think Michigan's going to be able to pull it off. So I'm going to throw Bama back in there. Okay. Pete, so what about you? What, uh, why about, don't you go back? What, 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 oh, Matt, what yeah. was your list again? Sorry. I, I forgot. Clemson, Georgia, OU, and Bama. Okay. Not in that order. I, OU would probably be four. But. Sorry to cut you off, Keaton. Go ahead. Uh, Clemson, Bama, OU, so we can get that. OU Bama matchup. I know if both of those teams are in, they're gonna make sure they're matched up in the first round so they don't miss out on that money. And then um I don't know, I'd have I'd probably go with Georgia as well. Their schedule didn't look too rough in the fourth seed. Okay. So how important is strength of schedule in those those matchups when deciding who gets in? I mean, I think it's everything. It's only important for the for- whoever's get getting in the fourth seed, I think. <laughs> I think it's what's helped. Oh, you get in. Um, maybe not as much. Well, honestly, it may have been the, the deciding the last couple of years because both, you know, we lost to Iowa State two years ago. We lost <laughs> to Texas last year. But the fact that, you know, our, our non-conference, if you look back at it, you know, we're, we're playing the big teams. We're beating big teams that beat other teams. I think that's been – the edge that helps OU get in there. I think it's it's something that the committee pays attention to. I think it's a big deal, but also I think they value wins as well. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to see a lot of teams kind of go away from the premise of playing, you know, kind of a top-tier Power 5 team then playing a team along the lines of like, say, Duke, the Iowa States, the Washington States of the world. Because at the end of the day, those are – those are games you can slip up and mess around and lose. So if you can, like OU's playing South Dakota State this year, that's a guaranteed win. The mm-hmm. SEC has been following that strategy for years, and it gets them seven, eight guys in the top 25, or seven, eight teams in the top 25. So I think as long as you have one marquee matchup and you can hold your own in your conference, that's kind of the way I think scheduling is going to go. Yeah, play that play like, like Alabama does, and it's smart, you know, play that. You know, Michigan, first game of the season. And then in November, play the Citadel. And and you're you're good to go. Um, I mean, it's it's smart. Clearly, the committee recognizes it. Um, but as a fan, I still enjoy, you know, scheduling Ohio State, scheduling Tennessee, scheduling Nebraska, just because it's, it's fun to see, oh, you take it to, you know, some of the, some of the historic powerhouses. I'd love to see a series against USC. Or at least a game. I think that'd be a blast. I think we'd smoke them, but I think there's just so much history between the teams that it, you know, it's something that would be good for college football. So, 
before we go into OU's schedule this next season, what would you rank their – or what would you grade their schedule as, uh, strength of schedule? If UCLA was formidable, then I would say it's a really good schedule because Houston's a top 25 team easily. They have a guy, Derek King, in their quarterback who is kind of a dark horse candidate for the Heisman. Um you know, they got a few road games that are challenging. They got to go to Stillwater for Bedlam. Got to go to Manhattan for Kansas State. Those are games that are never easy, especially if you can somehow catch those games at night. Those places can be rocking, uh, especially with Kansas State breaking in a new head coach. Who knows how that's going to be? But I, on a scale of 1 to 10 in degree of difficulty. 10 being the, the hardest? Yeah, yeah. I'd probably give it like a – probably give it a 6.5. I was going to say, I'd, I'd – I'd... Kind of like to revisit this after we go through the schedule, after we kind of talk about the different games. I think it's going to be, um, I'd, I'd say probably around a, a six, maybe a seven also. I think our toughest games besides Texas, I mean, I think Texas is going to be hard, but we have them at home. Iowa State's going to be tough, have them at home. West Virginia, have them at home. I'm not, I'm not as worried. Um, I mean, Kansas State's always plays as close. I think Kansas is going to be a weird game just because Les Miles coming in. I think he's going to have that team pumped up, even though they have sucky players. You just can't, as as Texas and TCU can tell you, you can't count out Kansas. Um, but I, but you know, from a from a logical perspective, looking at the numbers, I don't I don't think there's too much that's going to threaten us until maybe you know Bedlam on the road. I mean, honestly. The hardest conference game very well be May Iowa State. I mean Iowa State. Did they end up with ten wins last year, or did they finish with nine? I think that nine, but I mean. But I mean, their quarterback Brock Purdy, he's the real deal. And they brought they're bringing in like a four star running back. Like they're bringing in like some talent, which is kind of scary to be honest. Yeah, outside of OU and uh, OS, OU and Texas, Iowa State had the best recruiting class in the Big Twelve last year. Really, they yeah. are better than Texas for for a while i think and then texas you know got their texas push they added drew mccoy they lost him they added him back they lost him again <laughs> to a five-star uh, wide receiver but um do we just kind of want to just jump into looking at the schedule you know, yeah, go yeah, game by game? yeah yeah go right ahead okay um so who's the first matchup first first Houston. game is, i'm guessing yeah. that is that Houston what's the non-conference games are those mixed in now yeah because i know they used to be the first two correct and yeah first three and then they changed it to where it's mixed in no our, no, our no, first three games are yeah. all non-conference okay okay uh, okay so going going to houston what do you think about that Keith, what are you thinking i know that me and me and matter well, i mean i uh i'd say houston's the toughest opponent mm-hmm. on this schedule i don't know houston super well but being the first game of the year at home they're gonna be pumped up i think i think we win that game pretty easily i think i'm kind of excited for that game because i don't know if you guys remember but they announced they're playing it Sunday night, so it's a it's a oh. Sunday night game. Um, it's at home for OU. Yeah, it's it's in Norman. Mm-hmm. It's a revenge game. You know they they beat us yeah. in Houston a few years ago. Um, I think I mean they they have a good quarterback, but OU's seen plenty of good quarterbacks. They don't have an elite defensive uh, defensive player anymore like they used to, with with Ed Oliver being gone. I'm not. I think it might. I think Houston's going to start out hot, but I think OU's going to settle in. The crowd's going to be behind them. The crowd's going to be excited. They're going to be rowdy after a day of tailgating. And I think that this is it's going to be it's going to end up being a, a decent win for OU. That's going to look a lot better like at the end of the season. Yeah, so I was pretty nervous until I just saw this stat. So OU's defensive efficiency ranked was 113th in the country. This is last season? Yeah, last season. And with a top five draft pick in their arsenal, Houston's defensive efficiency was 127th. So they're actually worse than we were. So, I mean, I think like they mentioned the Sunday night game, it's going to be insane. It's Labor Day weekends. People get drunk on a Sunday and still be hung over the next day and not have to go to work <laughs> a night game that, I mean, it's hard to win a night game in Norman. It just, I've, I've only seen it happen like twice in my life, maybe three times, but they just don't lose a Norman. They really don't lose night games. Nope. So I think 
Derek King aside, the Dark Horse Heisman candidate, I think OU definitely pulls that game out. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be an easy win. Evan, you have any predictions on it? or Zero prediction. Okay, uh, okay. Do you, have a, do you want to go into score predictions, or do you want to avoid that? It's a little too early for that. A little too early? Okay. OU win by three touchdowns. All right, Would you we'll place 20 bucks on that? No, I don't have 20 bucks. We'll, we'll revisit yeah, betting odds closer to the season. Right. <laughs> uh, so second game is South Dakota State University against OU. We might as well just skip talking about that one. Yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. I mean they're – 100 to nothing. They're, they're – uh, Yeah, you're going to have that attitude like OU does and they're going to lose. This is the FCS yeah. team. They threatened Kansas State last year, didn't they? But, I mean, we whooped Kansas State. This is just – it's it's gonna be we're gonna have a couple tune up games in a row, you know. After the Houston game, get get our defense right, get the mind right. I think that OU is gonna come out to, with with the mindset of you know shut it down quickly, shut them down early, and just you know let the young boys play. I think it's it's another easy win uh, on another night game. Uh, how important is it to get a couple wins on your belt before the games start to ramp up? I think just for any athlete in any sport, it's just nice to get a little momentum behind you, get some wins, you get a little swagger in your step. and mm-hmm. Plus, like, you know, the first couple games of the season, you kind of get a lot of your jitters out, a lot of your nerves. I mean, it's always a little nerve-wracking walking on the court or field, wherever it is, but definitely going out and getting a couple wins gives a good momentum for the season. really builds your confidence, too. I, I, from a personal opinion, I think it really knocks off the rust. Mm-hmm. You start to – you can only do so many reps before – it doesn't make it like you don't care Diminishing anymore. Returns. Diminishing return is yeah. yeah. Uh and it it really puts into your mind when you have to do it live in game against real life people that are trying to rip your head off mm-hmm. that it that's when it really matters. That's when those reps the in game reps are so much more important than practice reps. Yeah, just the game speed. It's you always hear coaches say game speed, game speed. It's just you can you can't replicate it till you're in the game. Yeah. Okay, so um, oh, go ahead. Are you gonna? I, I was gonna just go, go to game three. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, unless you have like a, anything else you want to add, Keaton. No, I know that there's not no. much to say about. Breaking news: Thunder have traded Stephen Adams and guard to the center or to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Sorry, I can't talk. I'm so excited to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Kevin Love. The Cavs will also send a protected 2022 first round pick. Oh my god! No. Okay, let's let's put a pin in that. Let's let's circle back. I want to get through this. I want to get. Oh my! We'll save. We'll save that podcast. for the. Uh, I'm sorry. This is breaking news. Yeah. We'll save that for the next podcast. Oh, I, just got, mm. I just got jitters. Okay. OU UCLA. No. OU's gonna go. <laughs> Shut up, Keaton. OU's <laughs> gonna go to Los Angeles. They're gonna just beat the pants off UCLA. It's gonna be worse. UCLA's only good player last season was like a six eight tight end. He's gone. The players, the UCLA players, hate Chip Kelly. Um, they got a good quarterback that was hurt most of the season last year, but he's pretty solid. I but, think, I, I think you know, team chemistry is, is bad. I think that's gonna have a lot to do with it. I think that, I think OU's gonna. I think the defense is gonna be looking solid. You know, after South Dakota, I think that OU has a once again has a chance to roll in. I apologize. Sort of, uh, I just got faked by a fake account. Yeah. <laughs> Man, screw these guys. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> you saw first, okay. folks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, we're gonna have to clip that part. Uh, does Russell Westbrook show up to that game against UCLA? Um, I think so. Yeah, that's gonna be. Is it at home? Is it at Norman? It's no. It's it's uh, at UCLA. Okay, so he <laughs> just as good a he chance, might, I guess. He, I mean, he showed up last season. This is even before the preseason stuff starts for the NBA. So I think that. Uh, <laughs> so he'll be out there probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, hope. I think it's another. Yeah. I think it's another comfortable <laughs> one for uh, for OU. What, what oh, do you guys think about man. it? I I yeah, easy win. It's only slightly harder than South Dakota State. I think it's a joke. They're going to walk in, kill him, and walk out. Mm-hmm. Good reps for a second unit, I guess. Um, okay, so what was that? Was game three, game four? So so far, OU three and know, You know, should be we should we should come out as a, a top six, a top five team, and we should be established there. If we're not, if if OU's not three and we have very major issues. Oh yeah. Um. So next game is the first. Um, it's another home game. 
It's the first Big 12 game. It's a matchup against Texas Tech. Um, this is going to be OU's first uh, test as a defense, I think. You know, Texas Tech. I, I think they're going to be. I mean, you have a new you have a new head coach, but I mean, Texas Tech always scores in OU. Yeah, they got the quarterback Alan Bowman too. Mm. I mean, before he got hurt last year, he was just lighting us up, and I think OU may have lost that game if that guy wouldn't have got hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a good break for us. It was a good thing he was already kind of dinged up. I think this. I mean, the nod that I think gives OU is it's a it's a, a game in Norman again, and I I think that might be the difference maker. Um, I think this can be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a sh- as much of a shootout. It's not going to be, you know, the 70-63 game that we've seen in the past. But, I mean, I could see, you know, if OU, I think OU needs to play perfect on offense. You know, you, you turn the ball over more than a couple times, and that might be the game right there. But I think I think OU wins it. I think it's going to be close. I mean, like I said in the beginning, I don't follow college football very much, but – Texas Tech has always been known for putting up points um, with those really large splits in between their linemen. So, I just think the biggest thing is losing Cliff Kingsbury, who got fired and then hired by the Cardinals, which is still bizarre to me. You know, just failing upwards, but more power to him. You know, go go. Good payday. Follow the money. Off. Yeah. Okay, so you think that's a W? Mm-hmm. High scoring game. Yeah, uh, decent. Like like. Like 30s? Mid-40s to, to mid-30s, I'd say. Okay. Uh, next game? All right, what do you, do you have any yeah, Matt, did you want to say anything Matt about that? Keaton? Sorry. No. I got no, ahead I mean, of myself. I, I agree. I think that's, that's going to be one of the first games you really see turnovers become a factor. I think by that time in the season, the defense will be a little more settled in. They'll kind of have a better understanding of their roles than the, in themselves. I think you'll probably see two turnovers that game, maybe a pick six. I, I'd love to see a pick six. It's been too long. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It's still been too long. Um, next is Oklahoma, Kansas. Matt, you got – I think that's I think it's going to be a trap game, honestly. Yeah, it's just going to be a weird game. You know, I, let me see what Kansas schedules is. Because yeah. if they can pull off, say, you know, two or three wins before that, then – oh, yeah, it's definitely formidable. They have Indiana State, Coastal Carolina, Boston College, who just lost two defensive linemen to the draft. They got West Virginia and TCU all before OU. So, I mean, if Les Miles can go in there and turn the culture around, make it a winning culture, they could easily be, you know. I think they could have at least two, two, three wins. Mm -hmm. I don't think they beat West Virginia. I don't think they beat TCU. Maybe, but should beat Indiana State. Should beat Coastal. Maybe. Boston College. I don't know. I don't know how good Boston College is going to be next year. Maybe Maybe steal another game. And but, they'll have some real confidence after. I mean, yeah, for sure. Is that that's more wins than they probably won the last couple of years? So yeah. combined, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, with Kansas one week, then Texas the next week, that's going to be a game that OU is going to have to just come and focus. They're going to have to have their mind right. Um, they can't get caught looking ahead, otherwise, otherwise they lose. That said, Kansas is Kansas. <laughs> We're going to beat them by fifty. It's going to be a trap game. I think it's just one of those games they're going to go in with the mindset, oh, it's just little old Kansas. And they're going to come out, probably punch us in the face first. But I have confidence that OU will punch back and knock them out in the third round, throw the backups in by the fourth quarter. I agree. Nothing nothing else. So it sounds like the first almost half the season is pretty pretty easy. I mean, yeah, I think. Is, is Texas game seven? Yeah, Texas game six. Game so six, that's, that's okay. So, right so mid season, you got Texas. Obviously, in the Cotton guys. Bowl. Texas is not back. Yeah, I know they beat Georgia, but they're not going to be that good this year. They lost two starting offensive linemen. They lost nine of their starters on defense. One of their guys returning is one of their safeties, Caden Stearns. He's freaking good. But you can't tell me that a team that loses nine starters on defense is going to go out and even stop an offense like OU's. By that point, we'll have Jalen Hurts more comfortable in the offense. We'll have six games under his belt. I think this is going to be one of the widest margins of win OU has in the Red River in the past few years. Yeah, I think I keep going to go. You know, I mean, I I don't have I don't have quite as much input as you guys on this. I don't know Texas. I very think well, I think this is. I think we come back at 
this is a vengeance game and we get it back. See ya. Yeah. Fifteen yard penalty. <laughs> Sam, Sam, I don't even I still know how to say it was like that. Ellinger, Ellinger. Uh it's a hard G. Ellinger. Ellinger, I doesn't matter. I think his face is gonna be in the turf uh this all game. I think he's he's gonna be getting hit. He's gonna be He's going to be pressured. I, I think that he throws a couple of picks. He has good games. He has bad games. I think this is going to be a bad game for him. OU is going to be pissed after losing. I mean, yeah, they, after losing the, the Cotton Bowl last year, I think they're going to be focused. OU, after losing to Texas, always, I think, I think it's the last, what, 10 or 11 seasons, they haven't lost two in a row to Texas. That's, that's going to stay this year. You know, that's not going to be a new, or they're not going to break the trend. I think OU. I, I'm with Matt. Come out angry, but come out come out strong. And I think they're just gonna they're they're gonna put a hurt on Texas, and it's it's deserved. Um, and I I think I think this is gonna be it's gonna be a statement victory for OU. Um, so that next after that, we got West Virginia coming to Norman. Um, another yeah, another new quarterback or another new coach. Um, they've got Austin Kendall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The return of Austin Kendall. Honestly, I think this could be like a a dangerous game for OU. I think Austin Kendall is gonna be slinging out there. Yeah, uh, this is his uh, this is his vengeance game, so, sort of, <laughs> so to speak. I could see him really helping. You know, the defense to be prepared. I think he could. He's gonna have him ready, but. Um, it's going to come down, you know, if OU plays a, a, a decently perfect game, I don't think West Virginia has as many of the playmakers on offense as they've had in the past. You know, they haven't beat us since they joined the Big 12. I don't see that changing again this year. Well, West Virginia has had three defensive backs uh, into their transfer portal this offseason. All guys with, I think a couple of them had starting experience. Another one was kind of a rotation player that would fill in here and there. But... Um, I don't know. Don't sleep on Austin Kendall. A lot of people don't realize this, but he was actually a higher-rated quarterback coming out of high school than Jalen Hurts was. It just so happened he got sat behind two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play college football. But I can see Austin Kendall coming there wanting to make a statement early on, maybe trying to overthrow a pass, and hopefully that new speed D that OU's putting out there will get a turnover. But I think OU ultimately win this one, but I think it's going to be more of a shootout than anything. I just, I just can't wait to see some quarterbacks get hit. Other quarterbacks, not ours. Uh, after that is Kansas State. Who's Kansas State's new head coach? I don't. It's the old North Dakota State head coach, the guy that won like four straight titles up there. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Kansas State is Kansas State. They haven't had a good, like, a, a star offensive player since my boy Tyler Lockett graduated. Um, Screw that guy. They're not gonna have. They're not gonna have that same. You know, just grit. They're not gonna have that same drive that comes from uh, that, that that comes from that, that they've had in the past. Um, I think that I think this can be an easy win. You know, we we struggled against them last year. They they kept it close, but I think this is another one. OU comes in focused because of what happened last year. Wins comfortably, and I know I sound like a big homer, but there's not been this is it's an easy easier schedule this season than it's been in the past. Well, it sounds like a lot of the key games are at home. Yeah, uh, yeah, they looked yeah. out that way for sure. Um, so, can, uh, who's after Kansas State or is that? It's yeah, after Kansas uh, State is Iowa State. That's probably our hardest game. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I think that's probably is the hardest game. Brock Purdy, the quarterback. He uh, actually Alabama made a really hard push push for him the last couple of weeks of recruiting cycle a few years ago. Um, they found him late out of Arizona, and they. Tried to get in a foot from Iowa State, but Iowa State was one of the first schools that offered him, and he stuck with his commitment with them. But if they can, you know, they lost uh, – what's his name? Their receiver they had. That other guy who was like 6'8", that, that big tall Yeah, one. he just killed us. Yeah, thank They God. lost him. They lost Montgomery. So, I mean, that'll be kind of difficult to come back from. But that quarterback's a gunslinger. He can play. So, I think this is going to be one of the hardest games of the year. But, you know, hopefully – it's in Norman. That helps a lot. Hopefully it's a night game. You know, hopefully Iowa State's finally beat Iowa by then. Yeah. Go out there and get a W. I mean, everybody remembers like Iowa State. It's it's possible for them to win in Norman. You know, they did a couple years ago, which is still just just disgusting to me. 
Um, but that was last time I cried, actually. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. Um, last time I I cried was when we traded Stephen Adams. Um, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I I think this is this is probably gonna be the the hardest or the second hardest game of the season. I think OU is gonna have to bring it. I think that it, I think it's gonna be an ugly game. It's gonna be a, be a low scoring game, but I think um, you know OU just has has more playmakers and more experienced players, and I think you know that leadership is gonna give us the edge. I mean, especially you know if we fall behind or if we just have a slow start, you know I don't think I don't think anything's gonna rattle Jalen Hurts this season, uh, and and it's definitely not gonna be Iowa State. So moving on next, we got Baylor. Uh, Baylor's an interesting matchup. Last year they had Matt Rule's first year as a head coach from uh, what was it Troy? He came from mm-hmm. no, he came from Temple, and so. What makes it interesting is he tried to come in, run the power formation. About halfway through the year, he started running a spread. He came out in a press conference saying that you just can't run a power formation in this league. You're going to get lit up. And so I'll be interested to see how the second year of that goes. Uh, Charlie Brewer, their quarterback, he's good. He is a really good underrated quarterback, you know, outside of, you know, Ellinger, Purdy, yeah. and uh, Jalen Hurts. He's probably the fourth best quarterback along with Austin Kendall in the league. So, Oh gosh, and text there are just so many good quarterbacks in this league. But I think it's definitely a it's not a cupcake game by any means. It's one I think OU might struggle with early, but you know, in the end, it's about the Jimmys and Joes. So I think just the talent will lead OU to victory then. Yeah, I don't think Baylor, I mean, good offense like like they've had this decade in the last ten years, but the defense is, you know, I don't I don't think the defense is anything to write home about. I don't think the defense is gonna really get in Jalen Hurts' face. I think this is honestly going to be – I don't want to say another tune-up game, but I think this is going to be one where we, we get up early, we rest the starters, and, you know, once again, we let, like, the younger guys play. also want to break in and say Lincoln Riley just tweeted at the eye emoji again about a minute ago. Ooh. And then after that, he tweeted, here we go. So, Woo. yeah, things get exciting. Like I said, that eye emoji, the, the, the double eye emoji, just it kind of gets me going at this point. So it's, uh, I like how the uh, NBA players started using it recently. I don't know yeah, if you noticed that. Uh, you know, you know they just love to tweet out emojis just to mess with the fans yeah, yep. at this point. I do that all the time. I mean, Blake Griffin did that. He said yeah. that on purpose. Yeah, they planned it. Uh, okay, so after after OU at Baylor, we have TCU at home. I think that's going to – I mean, TCU always plays hard. Um, I think that's going to be another one, a, a low-scoring. A low I mean, I think – for me, honestly, when I say low scoring, you know, 32, 35 points for OU. But I still think we beat we beat TCU by, you know, 10 points. Um, I think that Lincoln Riley's smart enough. He understands Gary Patterson. He, he knows how to how to counteract what the defense is going to bring. And, I mean, this comes down to we have the best players in the league again, and I think that gives us the edge. But I think that we're going to have to come in and be focused because – uh, TCU's going to be ready to play like they always are. And Gary Patterson's going to be ready to sweat through a shirt like he always does. So um, it's, it's going to be it's gonna be one. I think it's going to be another, you know, probably top three game this season. I cannot disagree more. I <laughs> They have Jalen Rager, who's a good receiver. I think they may have uh, still have Kevontae Turpin, but they don't have a quarterback. They had... Uh, what was his name? Sean Robinson. He transferred to Missouri along with Kelly Bryant. So, I mean, they just – unless TCU can show they have a quarterback to throw the ball around, then I it's going to be a blowout game. It's in Norman. It's not on the road or anything. I just – I mean, OU handled them last year pretty easily. It's just – I think that's just a, one of the easier games on the schedule. Keith, is it going to be a blowout or is it going to be a closer game? You're the deciding vote. It's going to be a blowout. Mm-hmm. My yes. man. <laughs> He doesn't know anything, so. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I mean, last game of the regular season, OU Oklahoma State. I think it's gonna be. I think we're gonna play them, and then I think we're gonna play them again the next week in the Big Twelve Championship. Uh, Oklahoma State loses Taylor Cornelius, their best, you know, their quarterback, Mike Gundy, still there. Actually, hold on before we get into it. Evan, what do you think as an Oklahoma State fan? What, what's your thoughts about the team and the game? 
First time they win Bedlam in years. Yeah. <laughs> in football? I mean, statistically speaking, they should be due for a win pretty quick here. So You're right. And then they're going to play them again in the Big 12 Championship, and they're going to win two in a row. Oh, man. First time ever. First time ever. If that happens, I'll give you 100 bucks. Well, if it doesn't happen, then you still owe me 100 bucks. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Um, but I mean, they, did, they did lose their starting quarterback. I mean – what are they looking like at quarterback this season? Have you heard much? I mean, have you been paying much? Zero. Attention? I've heard zero. Yeah. My my OSU antennas are not picking up anything because I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> um, I wouldn't pay attention either. Wow. Yeah. Roast, Trash roast him. In, in his own podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you should get out of my house. <laughs> um, I mean, I haven't been paying attention, but I, I, think, I think they're going to have a lot of underrated players as they always do. I mean they have they bring in a lot of guys that nobody's really ever heard of. Mm-hmm. What's their running back's name? Exactly. Chuba Hubbard, is that his name? Chuba. I have no idea. Chuba? <laughs> I guess what it is. Yeah, I I, I they, fun to say. They they bring in a lot of un, like underrated guys, you know, three star guys that that nobody really paid attention to and Gundy gets in the play. That's all that's what it is every year. But they always find a way to lose to OU, so this year we'll be really hoping for it. <laughs> I think something that OSU does well, I hate to compliment them, but something they do well is they get a lot of the underrated like Oklahoma preps players, you know, the, the high school players that don't quite make it onto OU's radar, don't quite make it onto, you know, like these the Blue Bloods, but then they get guys in, they get them to play, um... And I think that that's a, just a testament to Mike Gundy's coaching. But I think their biggest player is that, that wide receiver they have. Um, what's They've got Tylen Wallace still. They've lost yeah. Tyron Johnson, though. Yeah, but uh, but I think, I've i seen more people talking about Wallace than talking about C.D. Lamb. Well, Wallace, didn't he just lose out on best wide receiver of of the year last year? Yeah, it was. It was pretty close. I think it was Jerry Judy, then Tylen Wallace, then Marquise Brown. After that, I think so, it was the final three. So he just lost out on. I'm sure he's going to have a chip on his shoulder and oh, yeah, and, sure. and try to go out and and dominate. But from the quarterback position, I mean, who's going to be throwing well, to him? Because I mean, he's not going to have a ton of. I, from what I see, not a ton of talent. So they got a guy named Spencer Sanders. He redshirted freshman last year. Mike Gundy came out and said before last year even started that they were weren't going to. Um, use him last year they wanted to give him a year to develop in the program and kind of get his some more fundamentals down just make him just ready when he gets thrown out in the fire he uh everything i've heard is a guy's a baller i mean i think he won a state championship in texas and anyone who really follows football know that you can't be a quarterback on a state championship team in texas and be all that bad yeah so so i take back what i said yeah (laughs) he's I wouldn't be worried about as an OSU fan. I wouldn't be worried about the quarterback situation. I just he's going to be young. He's going to be a freshman, and you know, freshmen make freshman mistakes, and especially that'd be the biggest game of the year. You know, they start off at Oregon State, which I don't know how much people follow college football, but Oregon State is up there with Kansas level of bad. Kansas and Rutgers, I mean, they are just terrible. Uh, they play McNeese State and Tulsa as their non-conference, and it's just. They've got a very winnable schedule, so they could have, you know, eight, nine wins going into that game, and it might be a pretty interesting matchup. But I, ultimately, I think OU pulls it out just from experience alone. I want to give my dad a shout-out. He just texted me that Steven Adams is traded for Kevin Love. Dad, it's a fake It's a fake tweet. <laughs> you got you to gotta read the at. So you're not the only guy who got got because he just texted me, y'all. I'll, I'll open mark. arms about it. Um, I feel better now. Who was the, who was the account? Uh, this is actually an OU football account uh, called Red Dirt Sports. Yikes! Oh yeah, you know that is? yeah. I followed him for, I think ever since I've had a Twitter. Yeah, you need to unfollow him. Now. Oh yeah, you need to he, unfollow him now. Honestly, yeah, he, he do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think OU has the talent, has the drive, has the coaching, and I hopefully this year we'll have the defense to go through perfect. Um, and I I think you know. There's no reason to believe that they wouldn't beat Texas again. They wouldn't beat Iowa. Probably not Iowa State. Shouldn't lose to Oklahoma State again in a Big 12 championship game. You know, I think it comes down to, you know, are, are we going to be able to to hang with the big boys again? Can we play with the Clemson? Can we play with Alabama? Can we play with 
Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, Michigan, whoever we see um, in that in that two, three, four spot. Um, I think I think this should. I think it's going to be a fun season, and it's just going to come down to what happens in the college football playoffs. Another fourth place finish. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the ceiling. Is you know first round exit of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yep. But honestly, if you really think about the trajectory of the program, it's kind of a stopgap year. I mean, you bring in one of the most well-known quarterbacks in Alabama history to play one year at OU. He's playing with three five-star receivers, a brand-new offensive line, and you get to teach a five-star quarterback behind you. Mm-hmm. And so if I had to bet OU to win a national championship in the next five years, I would take that bet. Because realistically, Clemson's losing their quarterback, not this next year, but the next uh, Bama's losing Tua, although Tua's little brother is going to be there. But we'll I don't see. know. I just think yeah. the way OU, a big issue with their recruiting has been they've recruited for multiple schemes. They try to get you know certain guys for certain things to be you know short and fast, other guys to be long and slow, defensive backs, and now they're they have a sense of what be the word like they're focused. They're they're not. They have like a specific thing to recruit for, and they're not getting guys that are kind of in betweeners. Like they know what they're gonna have an identity. That's the word I was looking for. They're honed in. Yeah, and so, I mean, gosh, they're they're winning defensive line battles over schools like Georgia and Bama and you know LSU. They've won a couple battles recently with guys like that, and I think by the time you know all these guys who are coming in freshmen now, by the time they're juniors, I bet that's the year they win a championship. Um, and I want to say, even though, like I said, it, it will be, you know, uh, OU fans talk about, oh, we're probably going to, you know, lose first round of playoffs again. Still great. Still going to be back to back to back to back to back Big 12 champions, most likely. You know, five straight. I don't know if that's been done before. Um, Four hadn't been done before. So it's just, it's it's going to it's gonna be a fun season. It's going to be a good season. My blood pressure is probably going to be through the roof. Probably going to. You know, make a make a fool of myself watching these games again. But I'm excited. I think it's gonna be a good one, a, a good season. I mean, any closing thoughts other than that? I kind of want to. We we talk about hot takes, hot takes. Power ranking the uh, the conferences. You know, do we want to just kind of go? I mean, I'll give mine real quick because I just came up immediately. SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, ACC, Pac twelve. Pac twelve stinks. Only reason, I mean. ACC stinks too, but they have the, the best team in the nation. So that, that gives you a bump. Big 12, middle of the road teams, OU raises it up. I think Big 10 is going to be big, slow, boring, and then but talented. And then the SEC is still the SEC until further notice. Yeah, I think I agree, Miko. I think Big 12 and ACC are top up or uh, toss up. But. For overall depth, I'd give the Big 12 a nod just because, I mean, gosh, the second-best team in the conference for the ACC is, what, Virginia Tech? They yeah. Their quarterback just got kicked off the team, too, Josh Jackson. He's not there anymore. Um, Miami's breaking in a new coach. Florida State, Lord knows what they're doing down there. They can't even put offensive line together. So Shameful to see. I mean, if you could argue depth-wise, the ACC may be worse than the Pac-12, but – like he said, the ACC also has the best team in the entire country. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Big Ten's got some solid teams. You, Nebraska's getting better. You have Michigan, Ohio State. You've got Penn State, Michigan State even. Even Northwestern's made some noise the last few years. Iowa. Um, but then you know, SEC is the SEC. I hate the SEC with a passion. But they can play some football. Keaton, did you have any closing thoughts? Uh, just my my hot take that we're gonna have two Heisman finalists this year in uh, CD Lamb and Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Don't forget Kennedy Brooks. So oh, three. I love Kennedy Brooks. Yeah. So we're just we're gonna have all the Heisman oh, all finalists, four, all and four. then and then Tua he'll make an appearance. Any shout outs? I know you already shouted out your dad, Miko, but I want to give a shout out to uh, Andrew Biggers, the guy who put me in in the game originally. Uh, I'm sure he'll he'll tune in and watch this. He's an OU boy. He's a he's a supporter. So that's my only shout outs. Matt, any closing thoughts or shout outs? Uh, shout out to work for giving me vacation days, so I don't have to go in tomorrow. So <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, that's about it. Shout out to my work for making me work tomorrow. So all right, thanks, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, of course. I think you know we can we can do another like college 
college football preview, you know, getting closer to when the season starts, when, you know, we see more depth charts emerge and we see more stuff get established. Uh, and then we can make, you know, more predictions for, like, other conferences, you know, Heisman, other awards, and just, you know, sometime in August, we, we get back to it. So, Heck look no. after us. <laughs> and then we'll talk about science too we'll do a football and science podcast we'll talk about the physics yeah all right well this has been simply technically thanks for tuning in guys